I'm recognizing that two things have happened. One is that a number of you weren't here last week. God has forgiven you. Um, well, maybe. Uh, the other thing is this. <sighs> Some people don't remember what I say from one week to the next. I mean, can you believe that? I mean, it's not you, I know, but some people, including me. <laughs> so we're going to do a quick recap, and I thought it might help us to start off, not where we started off last week, but to have a little look at the, um, the film clip that we looked at last week, for those who weren't here, just to refresh your uh, memory. And we said that we were talking about, on our marks, get set, bang. So we have a little look at that, and then we pick up a few things and move on, and get completed. Swimmer. We never win. So what do I do? What do you think you should do? You're the fastest one in the water, you're the slowest one off the blocks. What do you think that means? What do you gotta do? Get faster off the blocks. Get faster off the blocks. Concentrating. Eyes are closed. The gunshot holds no fear. Say it. The gunshot holds no fear. The gunshot holds no fear. Say it. The gunshot holds no fear. Louder! The gunshot holds no fear! Louder! The gunshot holds no fear! That's good. But you welcome the sound. In fact, it's the sound that sets you free. You are a prisoner on this block until that sound sets you free. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you set? Don't be afraid of the bang, the gunshot, it sets you free. We spoke last week, and if you want to turn to it, we're looking again at the story of Esther in uh, Esther chapter 4. Basically, we're saying that there is that, of course, it's not always like a gunshot. We're talking about a little quiet whisper, a gentle nudge, a, a kind of thought that suddenly comes, but it's still the same thing. It's that which propels us into God's purpose for us. And we looked at Esther, and I'm just going to run that through quickly um, on the basis we, we've established from God's Word that He has a plan for us and He has a part for us to play. Remember, we take them first into relationship 
but then into a functional relationship. You know, gone are the days where, in essence, all we had to do was uh, kind of get saved, get a ticket to heaven, and just try and be good until Jesus came or we died or something like that. In other words, our future was about when we get there. We've learned quite clearly that the kingdom is now. Your kingdom come, your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. And that we have a, a, a part to play. So we are focused as a people, not on escaping to some place where we float on clouds and walk on streets of gold and all that gobbledygook and nonsense, drink cups of milk and honey and all this. We're talking not about escaping, we're talking about what has God got for us now in terms of impact. We're saved and empowered by his grace to live from a different life source, to live differently, to show what he's like in this world. We have a part to play. And of course, in order to do that, there may be some things that we need to um, overcome, uh, barriers or um, obstacles, uh, in order that we take hold of what he's given us to do. We looked at the story of Esther when she was challenged by her kind of, I don't know whether you call it her uncle or cousin or anyway, relative. Um, there's a bit of debate as to quite how, it, how the relative thing came. But anyway, and that she was, remember, gone from being a, an orphan to being a queen in the, in the palace and uh, was challenged by this relative to seize that opportunity, to use that opportunity, which of course was fraught with great difficulty because you couldn't just stroll in to the king when you, even if you were one of his wives, you couldn't just stroll in when you wanted to, you had to be called. And uh, to speak out of turn was uh, a good way to lose your head. And then Mordecai, this relative, he says, uh, you know, you can keep quiet, you can preserve yourself, you can look after what you're doing, um, keep your nose clean, as it were, um, but God's still going to help and you won't have the opportunity to have been part of that. And then he says these words which have echoed down through the times and are relevant to us today, as of course is everything in the Word of God, perhaps, who knows, that you have come to royal position or come to the kingdom for such a time as this. And this is about being alert to seize our opportunity, to, to seize the day and to, uh, to respond to that uh, starting pistol, to respond to that nudge so that we actually move in. And we're living in a time when, as a people, as a company, those things are happening big time. You know, we've, we've been looking over the wall. Um, we've been talking about coming into a broad place. We've said, you know, it's, uh, it might be autumn, it might be winter, but for us it's spring. There's a, there's a time that God is speaking to us about things coming about. So we're preparing, we're mobilizing. And amongst us, we identified, uh, even as we're talking about Nick today, there's a, there's a, a rising up, a seizing the uh, of the opportunity of stepping forth. And the purpose of what we feel God is saying to us at this time is that we're in that place 
ready to hear and ready to move into what God wants. It's like positioning in a, in a place of, of um, enlarged readiness, it's a, a kind of alertness, um, ready, steady, bang. And we looked at all the, all the sort of issues as far as Esther was concerned and the, the things that worked against her, um, the fact that, you know, she didn't have a very good background, orphaned and has this amazing opportunity, gets promoted to, you know, be the queen. And, and then we also looked at Mordecai and how his care and involvement somehow gave him a platform uh, to, to speak to say something which wasn't necessarily the most comfortable thing to hear. You know, very important thing in true relationship, the, the true friend is somebody who's prepared to challenge you. Somebody who's prepared to say the things you need to hear rather than just what you want to hear. You know, that's not always the same thing, you know. Uh, a true friend is not somebody that always says how wonderful you are and, uh, you know, just, just that sort of overflowing positive. The true friend is somebody who speaks the truth to you. And when we establish that relationship, we fail. If, if we've got something to encourage, to nudge, to, to propel, or even to adjust or correct, if we don't use that, we don't do that, then we really are not fulfilling the level of relationship that God gave us uh, to, with regard to that situation. So having been challenged, uh, Esther then sends a reply and tells a, tells a, a relative to get these people, uh, all the Jews that are there, to fast for her and... and uh, uh, and prepare, and she'd do the same thing. And then she would go into the king, just like she's been asked to by Mordecai, and uh, she says again these famous words, you know what, if I perish, I perish. I am going to trust God, I'm going to do what I believe he's given me to do, I've got the opportunity to do it, and I'm going to do it, and you know what, uh, I'm not going to back off, uh, because... I don't want to be engaged in preserving myself when actually I could be serving the purposes of God. In Isaiah chapter 6 verse 8, you read about uh, the servant of the Lord who, who responds to the call of God, again having gone through this whole business of I'm disqualified, responds to the call of God by simply saying, here I am, send me. God is looking for a people who will simply say that. Whatever it is, here I am, send me. And particularly for us at this time, we're in a season of, of launching forth, of mobilization. And it could be, I mean, you know, not everybody going to leave their job like Richard did. Not everybody going to do what Nick's done. But everybody has a role to play and has a part 
and has an opportunity. And it could be in, the, in what appears to be just a small thing. But if it's a God thing, it's a great thing. And we want to make sure that we take that opportunity. Here am I, send me. Now, I think last week we probably covered uh, around the question of uh, taking hold of what, what is ours to do and recognising we can have a, a, a nudge from one another and that's valid and I've just covered that listening to what Mordecai did but I can't put the faith into Nick's heart or into Richard's heart I could say to Richard, from now until Jesus comes, Richard, you ought to be, you know, doing this in the church or doing that in the church and you ought not to be wasting your time teaching science. Now there's a thought. But you see... There's a difference between giving that sort of nudge that, here's a, have you noticed this door that's open? Because we're talking about, in the same way as, as, as Mordecai spoke to Esther, he was a faithful relative friend, but it was something that had to be embraced in faith. It had to be, I'm hearing that this is what God is saying to me. This is mine to do. And it's important that we take that on because otherwise we don't have uh, the faith to actually do it. If I perish, well, we talked last week, you, you know, it could be if I get fired, I get fired. If she don't speak to him anymore, then she don't speak to him anymore. If my plan flops, it flops. If I look like an idiot, I look like an idiot. We talked about... Um, we don't want to kind of move forward uh, in such a kind of um, tentative way that if something doesn't work, we, we just have a kind of dignified sort of stumble. We want to be a people that are moving forward with such a conviction and such a commitment that there's only one way that if it goes wrong, we've got to fall flat on our face because we can't do this sort of tentative thing. We've got to step out. Because if it's God, then we can't half-heartedly do that. So, if we, if we get it wrong, well, we're not believing to get it wrong, but we believe that God will help us. And we talked about Aphroditus uh, and how um, we remembered what Mark McGrath had shared with us years ago about he gambled his life, gambled everything on the roll of a dice and lost. And... Uh, yeah, he, he stepped out, uh, did what he was uh, believing and able to do and ended up sick to the point of death. It didn't look very triumphant. But guys, if we start to be reduced to measuring success as this world measures success, we'd have to say Jesus um, looked pretty limited at times and... Uh, Paul certainly was a total failure because he ended up without anybody in prison. And we could begin to go all the way through uh, of all the things that didn't seem to work. See, God
God has delivered us from this world's value system where we determine things on the basis of power or, or fame or numbers or popularity into actually doing what he wants us to do. And uh, basically, what, is, what does God require of any man but that he be found faithful, obedient to him? And the outcome beyond that, well, we don't need to concern ourselves with because we don't want to pick up this world's value system. We talked about uh, champions and what defines a champion uh, in terms of somebody who steps forth and takes responsibility, has a vision, a demonstration uh, of faith for whatever the project is. And uh, basically comes back to the phrase, this is mine to do. And by the grace of God, I'm going to make that happen. Uh, prepared to do whatever's necessary in order to do it. Um, whatever's required. You know, the idea of just overseeing wouldn't ever occur to them. Um, and uh, be somebody who makes sure everything's in place. And if things don't go to plan, they pick up the pieces and the Basically, the buck stops there. Um, and, and the champion commits themselves, their time, their money, their energy, and will draw other people into it. Um, and uh, be accountable as well, not something that's held, you know, his mind, don't you dare touch it sort of thing. Um, and will give uh, whatever the project or initiative is the right priority in their life. It becomes something that becomes part of them. Uh, so God is calling forth and we're praying. We were picking up in governmental prayer this week, calling forth champions, people who will, will take that, that kind of lead, that responsibility uh, to make the thing happen because God has spoken to them about it. So we looked at, at kind of, and I'm, I'm still kind of just giving you a summary, but we looked at um, the, the sense of God's call and how it can come as somebody might open a door, give us an opportunity, give us a nudge, all of which is very good, and that it requires that being prepared to pay a price, to actually launch out in, it, in that particular way. Um, perhaps, who knows, you have come to this position, to this appointment, to this place, for such a time as this, for a God-appointed time, rather than I just happen to be there. What I wanted to just take a little time to look at now is uh, the kind of barriers that come up uh, so that we can, we can just really deal with those uh, because it could be that at such a time as this, there's a moment in time for you to say all over again, Lord, here am I. Here am I. Send me. We already heard it from Lynn. He said, God has given me his freedom from his cancer. Here am I to be used in your purpose. Well, that's a more dramatic thing, but in every single situation, we've got that opportunity. I don't think it's a bad thing that from time to time, as God gives us that opportunity as something is stirred in our hearts that we say Lord here am I for whatever you want not my will but yours 
that we could even pick up. Perhaps I've come to the kingdom. Perhaps I'm here for such a time as this. This could be my opportunity in God. And then, you know, I'm going to go for it. If I perish, I perish. But I'm going to go for it in trusting God and doing what he's given me to do. The alternative is when we start to guard our own lives. And that's not a comfortable or successful place to be. So we have to deal with the, with the kind of things that the enemy throws at us. Let's just have a little look at a few things so that we can understand what we're talking about. And the thing to do with this is if when we're going through looking at different things, something kind of goes ga-doing, ga-doing, then you know, hey, wait a minute, I need to give attention to that. Is there something in this for me? Is there an area here that I need to look at? Always the enemy tries to intimidate, uses various ways and various things. We can't in this, in this business. Esther could not indulge in intimidation. She's an, she's an orphan from a poor background and she's got this great opportunity. I could imagine that uh, the intimidation would have been, you know, you don't want to lose that child. Look where you've got to. You don't want to mess that up. That kind of undermining intimidation. We have to determine that we listen to which voice we... Remember, there's always two voices in the spirit realm. There's the voice of God, there's the voice of the enemy trying to contradict what he's saying. We choose what we say. We deal with the issues of, of uh, disqualification. Uh, you know, you're an orphan. If you're out of favor, you could die. And if you, if you think, let me just run you through quickly some of the things um, that uh, in Moses, remember Moses? You've got, I've got a speech problem. I'm not the one to speak. Remember that? There's, oh, where do you think that came from? He'd always known that, but, but it's like it comes up at a time like that and it's used to try and throw him aside. Saul, well, I come from a poor family. You know, I'm not really equipped to deal at this level with these people. I'm a Benjamite. I'm the smallest of the tribes of Israel. My family, the least of all the families of the tribe of Benjamin. I mean, he got me in tears by the time he's finished that. <laughs> it's such a... Uh, Gideon, bless his heart, hiding in the, in the pit, remember? And uh, same kind of thing. Um, Behold, my family is the least in Manasseh. I'm the youngest in my father's house. You know, I'm but a kid. Uh, and, and people like Lynn and I, we have to overcome that particular thing, don't we? You're too young, you know, you're not mature enough. We have to, we have to overcome that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I'm trying to be nice to you. Yeah, I'm not picking even they said about Jesus, can any good come out of Nazareth? Uh, he's just that carpenter's son, isn't he? You know? We've we got to understand that there will always be these things. And we have to choose what voice we hear. How about Ananias when he's called to, to go and um, pray for Saul, who was to be renamed Paul? Oh, I've heard about this man. 
how much harm he did to the saints. Uh, and he's got authority from the chief priests to bind everybody who calls on the name of Jesus. Lord, are, you, are we gotten this one right? Are you sure this is, this is who you want me to go to? Uh, I mean, don't you know what he's been up to? Aren't you aware of his situation? You know, and then David. Poor, you know, you've got a feel for David. Even his own father forgot he existed. You know? Oh, yeah, there's that young one who's out looking after the sheep. Uh, many, many things that come against it. Things which can uh, create a sort of um, an insecurity, uh, an intimidation. And I'm wanting us to understand, because I believe that we're going to be taking seriously what God's saying, that we need to be on our guard to make sure when we hear the contrary voices that we're tuning in to what is it? Perhaps you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Perhaps it wasn't a risk or a chance or a fluke that you happened to be in this situation in this family, in this church, in this workplace, in this school, at such a time as this. It could be that your position there and your position with particular abilities, skills, or just because you're you for such a time as this. That sense of, of, of awareness, alertness, of prepared to be response, to responsive. And so... We want to identify the issues of intimidation, the contrary voices, and, and the insecurity that comes. And I've asked uh, Jamie and Jeremy just to help us uh, again to run something which I think they did a couple of years or so ago, just, just so that we can see, because, you know, if you're like me, you probably say, oh yeah, well, that doesn't really apply, but... When we see things that are slightly more subtle, um, then we begin to say, ah, yes, by the grace of God, I'm not going to go there. Sometimes we laugh because things are funny, and sometimes we laugh because we can identify uh, with things. Uh, here's the key. Jesus came from God and was returning to God. And therefore was freed from insecurity to be able to take up whatever role and do whatever God gave him to do. We're a people who came from God and are going to God. We have the same basis to be free from any insecurities and that basis is found as what God obtained for us through Jesus on the cross. Lord, I'm yours. I'm dead. My life is hid with Christ in God. There is a place, and across the face of the earth, people are pursuing, spending, trying to find answer for insecurity. There is an answer, and that answer is in surrendering to the rule of Jesus. Lord, I let you become the ruler of my life. Will you change me by your power? It deals with insecurity, the things that can get in our way of actually being able to 
to serve God. You know, we can fear uh, all sorts of things. Well, we can have all sorts of questions. Um, I'm too shy, I'm too busy. But in the end, most of the time in our heart of hearts, we know when it's just an excuse and we, we need to face up uh, and be true to ourselves. Uh, the idea of self-disqualification um, is not something that is found as, as a reason as far as the word of God is concerned. He has provided for our qualification, not our disqualification. So you can know that whatever, whatever you come, well, I just don't like, um, you know, sticking my neck out. Oh, well, I, it didn't work last time. Oh, I'm too shy. All those things really come from uh, the wrong source. And uh, we don't want to dwell in that when God is speaking to us about moving out. And just bear in mind also, by the way, that this is not really, this is not about superstars. Uh, 1 Corinthians 1.26 says, not many wise, not many mighty, not many noble, that he's chosen the foolish and the weak, that the glory might be his. So I always think that this is, this is never a kind of role for superstars. This is a role for, for those who are prepared to say, I'm submitting to God, I'm here to do what he wants and I'm here to do it and be it by his power because that is the only way. Psalm 22 verse 5 says, To you they cried out and were delivered, in you they trusted and were not disappointed. And We so often quote, if God be for us, who can be against us? Let me say again, God has a different idea of what success looks like. But be assured that everything, as we submit to him, he will turn for the working through of his purpose. We don't need to be overly concerned about that. Not about how big the thing is. Do you remember when Neil Armstrong landed on the moon? It was one small step for man, but a giant leap for mankind. What a great statement. But, you know, we, we have the opportunity to be engaged in the very same thing. What might seem insignificant, what might seem a little thing, can actually have vast impact, life-changing impact, as God uses it according to his purpose. And, you know, never lose sight of the fact that that God tends to use often what's in our hand. You know, we, we, we look through the scriptures and we see Moses who had a rod and God uses the rod and Peter had a boat and God uses a boat and David who had a sling and God uses the sling. Because the enemy wants us all the time to look at what we don't have and God says complete from what you have. That there's things which we have which he's given to us which we are. And then when we think, you know, talks about the fields being white unto harvest, and praying the Lord of the harvest. Talks about, I don't know if you think about this, Matthew 13, verse 24, talks about 
the farmer going out with good seed. Realise that we carry good seed. The good seed that we carry is the news that Jesus does actually transform and make the difference. Jesus is the one who takes us from places of insecurity to places of security. Jesus is the one who uses us for the extending of his kingdom, for his power. And he's given to us good seed, the good news of who he is, the opportunity to represent what he's like. And he says that as we do that, and we win souls, we're wise, Proverbs 11, verse 30, that there's, there's a, a place and a position for us to engage in in order to be part of the extension of his kingdom. So we're looking. We're seeing, hmm, well, I just thought I worked here. Or I just thought this is what I do. But when we stop and think, is it what God's given us? Yes, then it's a great work. And are we here? Are we in this place? Not just in this church, not just in this community, but in this life, in this family, in this workplace. Are we there by royal decree? Are we there for such a time as this? And what is it? Remember getting ready? being poised to actually move. What is it that, that you've got? That's a, that's a good prayer to pray. Lord, how do you want me to be? And Lord, what is it you would have me to do? So we're actually living in the fullness of what God intends because we recognize above everything else that it's for him. And he is worthy and he deserves our service, our commitment, our life, our giving over to him because he gave all for us. That's a real privilege that we can actually do that and give something back to him in that way. Don't you think? Just consider, is this a time... Is this an opportunity, is this an occasion where you would say, let me just offer myself to him again. I'm going to come and take a little time to praise him and worship him. But during that time, just let the Holy Spirit speak to you.